I get to share an amazing, wonderful tool that is so often overlooked with folks that are building their career or building their law firm, and that is the use of mentors. And I'm talking about formalizing those relationships, being very intentional around the mentor-mentee relationship. It is overlooked. The number one thing I believe that is overlooked as a tool and as a means to really grow your career or your business or your your law firm or whatever it is. It's just something that most people don't do. And it's a huge miss. Well, hello and welcome to the Jay Sterling Hughes Show where we share the secrets and the strategies for how we are building a rapidly growing law practice. You know, over the past nine years, we have grown from zero attorneys to 26, doing close to $16 million in revenue this year. And I have nothing to sell you. My purpose here is to document what's working, what's not working in our practice with hopes that you can take that, steal it, recontextualize that in your practice and shorten your success curve. So my name is Jeff Hughes and I'm your host and I get to share an amazing, wonderful tool that is so often overlooked with folks that are building their career or building their law firm and that is the use of mentors. And I'm talking about formalizing those relationships, being very intentional around the mentor-mentee relationship. It is overlooked. The number one thing I believe that is overlooked as a tool and as a means to really grow your career or your business or your, your law firm or whatever it is. It's just something that most people don't do. And it's a huge miss. And so I want to share with you some experiences I've had around mentors and how they've been extremely valuable to me. And a template that I have used that has been very successful for me and building relationships with mentors. I'm going to start with a story. So we're going back to 2006. I'm a young business leader, don't have a clue, wet behind the ears, learning how to lead. And I didn't have a lot of mentors in this time in my life at all. And I was hungry to learn and to grow and to figure out what I was missing and how to do a better job. And so in 2006, I was invited to New York with my wife by a dear friend of mine to go to this event, Explorers Club. And the night before, uh, my buddy Greg said, hey, why don't you and Winona meet me and my my parents and some of their friends at the Oyster Bar in our Grand Central Terminal Station in New York. I'm like, sure, that sounds great. So we met at this really cool restaurant down in the caverns, I remember, of Grand Central Station. And I got to sit next to a wonderful man who had an amazing impact on my life in the years that followed. His name was Bobby Martin. At that time, Bobby was just coming off turning down a CEO offer to run a Fortune 50 company that we would all know the name of this company, as well as several others that he had been offered. And it was was because he had grown up and really his career really blossomed and took root while he was at Walmart. He was recruited personally by Sam Walton to join the Walmart leadership team in an IT role. And he did that and was just had an, an extraordinary impact on the growth of Walmart through the 80s and into the 90s. And Bobby also led Walmart's international initiatives when it was starting up to, I think when Bobby left, it was in the mid 30 billions of dollars. So him and his team built that from really nothing until where it was when he exited um, Walmart. At the time I met him, he wasn't in that. He was doing some, some projects, but I remember sitting next to him and just in awe of the wisdom that he shared and just the, the humble kind of uh, folksy nature that just exuded out of him, this confidence that was just so magnetic. And I remember 
just laying in bed that night thinking, man, that was amazing. I got to sit with a legend and ask him questions. That was just extraordinary. So a couple of weeks go by or, and I thought, boy, it'd be great if I could have another one of those opportunities to meet with this man and learn something from him. So I reached out to him and I've crafted this email that I went through many, many drafts and I wanted to do it right because I wanted to be very crystal clear in defining the expectation for him. So I arrived at a kind of a five point, six point formula that I felt like would define the expectations and give Bobby some ideas to why I was reaching out to him. So I'll share with you in a moment the formula, the email that I followed to begin that relationship with Bobby. But I've seen that mentors come in so many forms. Okay, so what I'm talking about today is a one-on-one human interaction relationship with a mentor mentee. You can find mentors in mastermind groups. You can certainly find them through books and resources with mentors from afar. And we've all been a part of those things and they have had huge impacts on my life. But what I'm really zeroing on today is how to find and build those relationships with mentors. One point relative to this is that there is no one mentor that is be all end all for someone. Mentors usually, and in almost every case that I have seen, can really help someone grow in one, maybe two areas of their life. Maybe it's a business mentor. Maybe it's a relationship mentor. Maybe it's a parenting mentor. Maybe it's a career mentor. Maybe it's even like a a technician craftsman type mentor relationship with a lawyer who really wants to learn how to improve her litigation skills, for example. So it's not like you find one mentor that helps you in all areas. It's being very focused around how how they can add value to you. So there are reasons why I, I think that I've seen young people and, and, and people older not ask for a mentor to come alongside them and, and add value to them. And those reasons usually boil down to what I've seen are really kind of five major categories. First thing is there's some high level of insecurity people where they're afraid to be vulnerable and ask for help and to reach out and say, Hey, you know, I'm trying to grow in this area. I see you've been very successful. Would you be able to come alongside me and be there for me to ask questions of as I'm growing, as I'm walking down my journey? So the insecurity is one. A second one is just being naive. They don't know that it's something that's a thing, right? They don't, they don't think about how that that's even something they should or they can do. So they're naive to the opportunities and to the potential for the richness of those mentor-mentee relationships. Another one, this one's more insidious. This is, has to do with ego and arrogance, just, just being so arrogant, ego thinking you know it all. You don't need help from anyone. You're going to do it on your own. You're not going to like reach out to someone and humble yourself and say, hey, what, what do you think about what I'm doing? What am I missing? Help me see around corners a little bit there. So there's some ego that gets in the way too. Another one is just past pain. People that have reached out, they have made themselves vulnerable and they have asked for help. And maybe that confidence has been betrayed or maybe it's been mocked or maybe it's just been for whatever other reason, hurtful and painful. So you don't want that again. Avoid that. Push away from that. I don't want to put myself back in that situation to have that kind of pain inflicted on me. So past hurts is one. And then it's just the the fifth one is just really being unsure. Who do I ask? How do I do that? How do I go about reaching out to them? What does that look like? How do I even have a relationship in that particular way? So there's just some unclear, not even knowing really what to do. So those are five reasons that I've seen. And so when you are starting that process of identifying someone that you want to ask and reach out to, to be your mentor, 
I first principle is don't ask someone who hasn't been already successful and hopefully for a long period of time in the area you're seeking mentorship in. So just don't ask a poor person about money advice, right? Don't ask someone who's had, you know, four failed marriages, relationship advice. Find someone who has been there, done that, who has sustained, this is the hard one, who has sustained that success over an extended period of time. They've been through the cycles, right? They've been through all the loops in life and the years have gone by and they've withstood the test that time provides and they've been successful in that one area. And I think also shoot over your head a little bit. I'm not talking about asking like international celebrities, international business people, like, you know, they have had, you know, we all know household names. I'm talking about those folks, but people in your sphere of influence and maybe one step removed to have been successful that maybe you can get an introduction to and go to them. It always helps to have some sort of relationship in advance, but shoot a little big and be, uh, be intentional about that, of finding someone that you think is just beyond your reach and your social relationships and so forth. So back to Bobby. So I reached out to him and crafted an email and I wanted to define the expectations. I wanted to give him a clear picture of what I was asking for and expectations around how I would conduct the relationship and the promises that I would live under and uphold in my relationship with him. So I told him first, I will come Bobby to wherever you are. I was living in Wisconsin at that time still am. And Bobby was in Northwest Arkansas. And I knew that he got around the country quite a bit in his business um, and all the projects he was involved in. I wanted to let him know, I will come where you're at. If you want to have breakfast, I will be there. If you want to have dinner, lunch, I will be there. If you've got two hours, you can carve out in the hotel lobby um, somewhere, I will be there. So I wanted to let him know I would make it convenient to him. I also let him know I'll be prepared. I'll send you my agenda and my questions in advance and I will be prepared so we can have a crisp meeting that's productive for me and for you. And um, I will do my best to not only prepare in advance, but when I'm done, I'm going to memorialize what I've learned, my major takeaways, and I'm going to share those back to you. So you know that I heard what I heard, why I heard it, and what I'm intending to do with that. And I also as time went on, I ended up focusing on a couple things that I wanted to let him know that were the most significant takeaways in my time with him and what I was going to do about those things and give him a report by the next time we met. Here's what I did do or here's what I didn't do. And I wanted to be really candid about that. I also let him know I will be as honest with you as I possibly can be. I will be real with you. I'm not going to try and impress you and hide my flaws because A, he's going to see him anyway. <laughs> but I wanted him to know that I knew that I had him and I would be as, as open and honest as I possibly could be with him and an understanding and seeing myself and sharing that with him. I also let him know that I will never ask you for money. I'm not going to ask you for an investment, anything. I'm not going to, to do anything of that nature. I'm not going to lever the relationship for anything like that or for my other gain in any other areas. And I wanted him to know that I respect those boundaries around that. And this wasn't like a time that I was just going to try to lever that relationship for something else that I could gain financially in life. Okay. So he responded, he was very gracious, said, yes, Jeff, happy to do that. And, and that really began a, just a warm, wonderful, extraordinary relationship that I have enjoyed with Bobby ever since. But really for those first 10 to 12 years post that 2006 email, 
I saw him on a very regular basis, a couple times a year where I would fly down to somewhere where he was and meet with him. And it, it was just a joy and a blessing. And I hope I was able to, to give him some of that back in our time together. Bobby today is is expanding on his legendary status. He's the, the chairman of the Gap and recently was their interim CEO as they were in, in between. So he has still taken some big swings, doing some incredible things. And um, I just admire so much about him and what he's done. Humble, uh, loving man, great family, uh, just someone that I aspire to, to be like. So now, once that relationship is established and it's underway, it's important for the mentee to drive that relationship. And what I mean by driving the relationship is being the one to take the initiative around scheduling, scheduling appointments, scheduling the next one, driving the agenda, being the one to reach out with communication. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I'm doing. Not expecting that mentor in any way to pull that relationship along. And it was always helpful for me to send everything to Bobby in advance because his mind is so powerful. If I could give him something three or four days in advance for him to start thinking about that and being succinct about it, not sending long, you know, 15 page agendas, but like one page with very thoughtful winnowed down questions and topic areas that I wanted to explore with some context around those was amazing. Cause when I got together with him, he already had it. He, he would sketch it out, sketch out his response and his ideas and share that with me. And I got so much value from that. I remember walking away with like pages and pages and pages of notes from what he was sharing and didn't want to miss anything because it was so, so valuable to me. So letting him know in advance about the agenda was really helpful. Another thing is I, I wanted Bobby to know that I am not coming to him asking for a ton of encouragement and advice. What I really wanted the most from him was help me to see my options based on my circumstances, Bobby, based on your experiences and what you've seen. If I did such and such, what are my options or what are my options to solve this particular problem? So focusing on options I have found was way more valuable than what should I do? And the worst question is, what would you do in my circumstance? Okay. It's, it's hard to answer that. And it's really kind of born out of insecurity and not knowing even kind of how to phrase those questions. But for me, focusing on options rather than what should I do? I didn't want to put Bobby in a situation where he would be even marginally responsible for the outcome. Um, I wanted him not to feel like he had to tell me what to do, but to help me see options, see gaps in my thinking. What am I missing? What questions am I not asking? Where do I have holes in how I'm thinking about this? And what am I blind to? Where are my blind spots? Helping me understand those and see those always yielded the best results for me. And even as a mentor, and I've have many of those relationships over time in my life, and I focus as much as I can on options and helping them think through issues. So that's what I wanted to do as a mentee was ask for options and clarify and streamline my thinking and make that a little wiser. All right. So every time I was done, like I mentioned, I would summarize that relationship, describe what it meant to me, Periodically, I would send updates in the intervening months between seeing each other. I think Bobby got a lot of value out of that. And so for me, I, I lived up to and I encourage as rock hard rules for everyone with a mentor or with a mentor relationship. And you're the mentee is never ask for money, never lever the relationship. If you're at a dinner, be the first to grab the check. Let the server know in advance you want to get the check. 
being intentional about not putting any burden. Now, most likely that mentor is going to snatch it out of your hand. They want to do that, right? But letting them know, I respect our relationship and I'm not asking for anything, even the price of this meal, because their time is infinitely more valuable than the cost of that meal. So that's not the point. The point is you're sending signals that you're respecting that relationship. Um, obviously, always protect their privacy. Never divulge anything remotely private around what you were sharing and talking about. You want them to feel safe that they can share their personal experiences without fear. You're going to post on YouTube or post on on Instagram or Twitter or something about that. So avoid that. Avoid the name dropping of like I met with so and so today. You know, avoid that sort of stuff. Um, protecting that that relationship there. Never take advantage in any way possible, shape. If it smells like you're taking advantage, avoid it. Avoid it altogether. And so I've found that those principles have served me really well. They having a mentor relationship is rich, it's valuable, and it's a shortcut to growing your career, growing your law firm, growing your business. And it's just a big miss for most people not to have those sort of relationships. So I hope this formula was helpful to you. I hope that there is something in there that you can take away and improve your success curve. Until next time, have a great week. And I enjoyed being with you for this little bit of time.